Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online still remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, the easiest. It's the best way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag, join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you so much, Bet Online, for bringing this podcast to the people. Extra special Mikey likes you. Extravaganza. Kaboom. Bang. Turbo. Rad. Dude. Hello. Welcome to the Mikey Likes You podcast. I am Mikey. Who likes you? Are you? Who is liked? It's the greatest health and fitness podcast in the world. So says me. Uh, I want to talk about what I am doing for Lent. 40 days and 40 nights. Things happened in the Bible. And because of that, from Ash Wednesday to Easter... Catholics and maybe other people. I don't know. I'm very Catholic. And by that, I don't mean I'm like uh, super devout because I'm not. I don't want to make false claims. But I'm Irish Mexican. So it's like I'm pretty in a lab. They made a Catholic alcoholic boxer. Um, and I am not someone who. Uh, puts a lot of I don't put particular emphasis into the technical aspects of being a Catholic. I, I don't go to church very often anymore. I used to, even when I was an adult and single. Um, I would I would go on Sundays. I would go on Saturday nights sometimes. Uh, when you don't drink and the girl thing isn't a priority at the time. Saturday nights have a whole different, have a whole different take. So I used to, I, you know, when I was living in Venice, I'd shoot over to this church in Santa Monica that was really laid back and they had Saturday night service and I enjoyed it. And I'm a big believer in faith. I'm a big believer in higher powers. A lot of people might be turned off by that. And I actually understand that. Um, I get it. I mean, let's look at the Catholic religion alone. They've made enough mistakes in the most grotesque department that you can imagine that I I just get that you might be turned off by the whole idea. But I I look at it, it's like America. Uh, America has a brutal history and, and a brutal present in many ways of discrimination and slavery and 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 colonization and greed and all that. But America also has an almost endless list of beautiful aspects. Many things that all other countries can't can't even claim to have. So I'm capable of looking at my country And seeing it and appreciating it for all its beauty without being able to ignore 
that there's there's some scars there, and um, the Catholic Church is the same way. I, I look, I, I'm, I'm very um, non-discerning when it comes to religion in general, even though I am, you know, born and raised Catholic, and uh, that's where I was. I've always learned to kind of practice. I uh, have a real genuine intrigue and interest in uh, all religions. So watching um, Dagestani fighters train with Khabib Nurmagomedov in Dagestan and they're, they're devout Muslims. And I was just really, really fascinated, almost stimulated by having them take time out of their training to go and face Mecca five times a day and, and their prayers and their ritual. It's, it's very beautiful. And I think that there's a lot that a human gets out of that. You know, a lot. And um, it doesn't necessarily need to dictate how you think about everything. Um, like I said, I, I still consider myself practicing, but I'm very pro-gay. I'm very pro-gay marriage and stuff like that. So I don't, and I don't feel like it's hypocritical in any way. Because as long as any type of religion or, or theological thought has existed for our species. It's been about interpretation and application into your life, you know? Anyway, I, I wanted to just kind of go, just touch on that, and that's, that's as far as we'll go with religious talk, because uh, I, I was having a tremendously varied collection of circumstances kind of come my way. A lot of them really beautiful. Owning this farm, living on this farm, where the Hedo hideout, the studio you see me recording from right now, in Hill Country, Texas. You know, I have tons of animals, man. Donkeys and guinea fowl, and chickens, and goats, and sheep, and uh, so many dogs, and so many cats, and, um, and it gives something to you, man, and it's, it's a pretty expansive piece of land, especially for an L.A. guy like me, you know, it's not, uh, you know, it's not like the Harris Ranch, or anything like that, but, you know, for, like, for me, and for those of you who grew up in, like, the Los Angeles area, or in other, or, like, more urban environments, the idea of nine acres is, it might as well be Central Park, you know, I can't believe sometimes that I have, that, that all this is just like mine, I can just walk around and do what I want and take a pee wherever I want, if I wanted to beat off, I haven't done that, I haven't done that, it's run, like, for, here, here's the weird thing, okay, when you have a lot of land, and I don't know if everybody else is like this, I have to assume no one else is like me when it comes to a lot of things, especially when it comes to anything where genitals get involved. But never once. I've peed in my yard five, 500,000 times, and I've been living here like barely a year and a half. But never once have I even thought about taking a poopy. It just seems disrespectful to the land to the Comanches and frontiersmen and, 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 and who, uh, many people who have called this their home over generations. I, I can't 
I, and just, it's so gross. And I'm gross. I'm a gross guy. I'll be the first to admit it. I don't really, I'm not a stinky, smelly, dirty person, but I am gross. I don't wash my hands. I go to the gym and I come home and I eat with my hands. I don't even, I'm like, oh, whatever. Uh, and I, 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 I'm like a child when it comes to engaging in, you know, I pick up, I'll wear gloves, but I'll pick up like the camp, the donkey poo with like my gloves on. I'll be like, whatever, I'm not gonna, let's go. We gotta get this done. And we all know, I mean, if you've even casually listened to the show or listened to me on the radio for any amount of time, you know, uh, I'll beat off anywhere. But I've never even thought, like, it just, it's repugnant, the idea that I would do a number two, you know? But I've absolutely thought about beating off out here. I thought there would be something liberating and beautiful about it. I haven't done it. I don't think I will. There's a couple things at play here. No one's going to see me. I, I have enough land that, like, no one's going to see me. But my daughter's eight. And eight-year-olds are quiet as fuck. <laughs> so there's that. Now, granted, yes, she goes to school. She has a life. She, there's times when she's not here. So you could, you could factor that in. Like, well, what if she's gone? But the, <laughs> I don't know why. Because I certainly don't care if my dog, like domesticated animals, watch me beat off. But there's something, like what if the donkeys or the sheep were coming around the corner and they just saw me? I feel like it's, uh, it's insulting to them. It's, it's offensive somehow. It's, I couldn't explain it. Anyway, so these beautiful things have come. And, and having a, a relationship with an animal that genuinely depends on you to get by. And protecting it from predators. And you, you, you grow this amazing appreciation for nature that I never thought I would have. And going into it, I was already, a, a pre, I, had a, I had a pretty deep appreciation for nature and for li living creatures, absolutely. Um, but there's a, it, it steps up. It gets, it gets uh, heightened in a big way. And... My wife and I have had like a real, a real difficult, like a difficult but in a beautiful way kind of stretch here. A lot of it kicked off with us moving here. I mean, it was a big transition, especially for my wife who's an actor. And I'm in the entertainment industry, but it's, you don't feel as sketched out moving away from Los Angeles when you're not in a scripted kind of capacity. And I always saw, you know, I, as I started to look at like the radio industry kind of go like this, where you guys think like political correctness and censorship has gotten to a certain level for just the world at whole. And it absolutely has. It was already eroding so dramatically in radio well before Trump, well before any of the, like the developments and social developments that have come about in the last four or five years. And now it's just gotten to the point where it's, it's just, just, I mean, I really don't want to be on the radio anymore. And I love it. I love talking into a microphone. I love it so much. I can't, I can't explain. 
I never thought I'd have a passion for something like that. And I do. And doing that is not no longer really like a viable job because I always look, I, I'm not going to, uh, would never sit here and say like, I'm the greatest radio personality that ever lived or I'm even the greatest, one of the greatest radio personalities broadcasting today. But I will say like, I never phoned it in. And I always wanted to make interesting radio and have interesting conversations, real, genuine conversations that weren't just like these late night TV shows where you clearly get like a canned collection of questions that here they are. Let's, oh, I hear a funny anecdote about you and your daughter. Let's go to that and then I'll promote your project and then see you later. I always wanted to talk to people and I always really tried hard to do that. Or if I was going to do bits, I, I wanted to do comedy bits that were like genuinely funny. Even if they were super sophomoric, I wanted them to have some, sub, some subtext that made them meaningful, you know? And I always tried. And I think I was successful in doing that. And you just can't do that anymore because someone will sue you for something. I can't even broach certain topics. So, you know, there's been like this professional turmoil on both our ends. And then on top of that, it's the transition of moving here and watching how we both had to change as people in order to just make it go. And I've gotten older and my wife's gotten older. And then there's these feelings of like, well, I'm not where I want to be in life. Or I perceive that I'm not where I want to be in life. And there's resentment and anger for her. And she has resentment and anger for me. And so that's the difficult part. But the beautiful part about it is like how we've handled it. And that's the reason why I've still married to my wife and, and the reason why you know, I, can, I can tell you with a pretty good level of certainty that I always will be. Because these things, they fester and then we just kind of come together and try to deal with it. And it always ends up better than it was before. And, uh, you know, I had, I talked about this, I, I totally told myself, I was like, don't cry about it. You've talked about it a hundred times. Um, but you know, I'm getting emotional cause I had this dog Coco. 18 years I had this dog and she passed away, um, two days before, uh, Halloween. And uh, look, 18 years for a dog, that's like over 100 for a human, right? I mean, I'm, I don't know. I just know dog years are not the same. You know, like people tell when I tell people 18 years, they're like, holy Jesus Christ, you know? So I, I, I a piece of me, uh, a piece of me is capable of like, recognizing that it's a, she was a good run and we had a lot of great times, you know? But it was, it was like, um, 
the cherry on top of a death of a death Sunday because I just go out and bury chickens and and baby goats and baby sheep all the time because of just nature. This is the way it is. Disease, predators, some of them, you know, with birth, our sheep gave birth to three little baby sheep and one of them just didn't make it through the night, you know, couldn't hack it. So I'd been dealing with that. And I have been dealing with it like I know, like I, you know, I've dealt with death in my life. Uh, I'm just starting to, uh, I'll be 44 in a couple weeks, but I'm just starting to in the last like three or four years deal with death, like really intense death, where, it, where it's like, oh, when you find out that person, you know, because my grandparents passed away, but my grandparents all lived like really full long lives. So it sucked. I, I was very close with all my grandparents. Um, but it, but I, I, you know, there was a, there was a, there was a beauty to it, you know. And they, they got a chance to live big, full lives. And I went, they went into their graves, kind of with a relationship with me. Everything was, you know, so it was easier. But my godfather died about four years ago, and it just rocked me colon cancer and it started the series and then my my friend Jason passed away like guy my we graduated high school together he'd been my friend since kindergarten and uh you start to re-examine death you start to look at it differently you know and uh by the way I, I want to make it very clear for those of you out there who have I, I won't even say the words, but have lost people in, in a much more dramatic way. I'm not trying to put myself on some hierarchy. I'm trying to give some kind of some background, you know, to it. To where I was at and where I am at and what is creating this process. Yeah. And then my friend George died um, in 2022. And he was that guy. He was that guy that you like, I never, not only did I never think George would die, I never thought George would be an adult. And then for those of you who, out there who know uh, George McCain, George, Rad George, uh, he, he was, he's the, the craziest, like goofiest dude. And, and it was weird that it just came like that, cancer once again. You know? um, and then, the kind of the kicker was my friend Orlando Sanchez died uh, December 14th of 2022. It's very recent. Those of you who have any familiarity with jujitsu and grappling, you know Orlando, ADCC champion and... Uh, You know, I, I, I felt immediately compelled to, like, put up a post about him. But only because I, I thought I was supposed to, you know?
And so I, I didn't. I felt really conflicted. I felt really, really conflicted. We were really close. Um, he had been open, always been open publicly, so I'm not airing out any dirty laundry about his struggles with substance abuse. And, uh, and I was a little older than him, just a little. He grew up in the same area as I did. So I'd known him well before jujitsu was even a thing, you know? Got into bodybuilding, got into powerlifting, got into jujitsu, got into Muay Thai and all that. We, we kind of were there. But throughout all of it, it was like he was this guy that I looked at who was so tough, almost indestructible, you know, like this non-human thing. He was 300 plus pounds and he would move like a ballerina. And he was tough, like really a, like a tough, tough human. He was tough as nails. And... Um, Anybody who's ever been out on the mats with him, no. I'm mean, like, he was, a, he was a really hyper macho, physically super, super strong, tough, at times like a, like a mean guy, you know. But I had always seen him at these points of like extreme vulnerability. You know, when he would open up to me or he would lean on me because he was struggling in a way, you know, and vice versa. So there was this connection that became really indescribable. Because, you know, I could, in, in one way, acknowledge that he could throw me down on the ground and rape me without even breaking a sweat. And he didn't penetrate, but he, by practical definition, practically did hundreds of times. I can't tell you how many times he tapped me out without even doing submissions. He just put his head, you know, past my guard and put his head into my chest and I'd be like, fuck. You know, he, he, he would beat the fuck out of me and uh, I would go to tournaments and watch him just fuck people up. Like just take full grown men in his weight class and just obliterate, you know. So in, in one way, I, I had this vision of him as this indestructible beast. But then in another way, I knew, I, I, I not only knew, I, I lived with his very tender vulnerability. And uh, for, the, for him to die, for him to pass away, really made me go haywire. Because I am the farthest thing from a hypochondriac. So when my friend George, who I cared for very much, my friend Jason, who I deeply, I mean, my friend Jason was, uh, like I said, we grew up to him. We grew up uh, every single day of school from kindergarten through 
graduating high school. And then after graduation, we were very close. Uh, but he, he, when people die like that, you, 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 even because I'm not a hypochondriac, I don't, I don't create this world. It's like, oh no, is cancer coming for me? Is, is illness coming for me? But when Orlando passed, it was like, is life, is life going to end for me? Because I gave him my vulnerability. And I emulated him in his, his kind of type A hard-charging ways. Like he would be faced with struggle or he would be faced with adversity and he would just smash it and he would make no apologies and he was just like i'm just gonna you know he would he would his whole thing was like no surrender just charge you know and uh it made me it made me go cuckoo because I'm not old. You know, for those of you out there in your 20s or even in your teens, uh, it may be hard to, to understand. I'm 44, you know, I'll be 44. And like I said, March 15th, if anybody wants to wish me a birthday message. Um... But I'm no spring chicken. It's a, it's, a, it's practically an impossibility unless you're, you're really suffering. You're very ill in some way. It's really hard to be 25 and just be like, oh, God, I could go any day, you know. But at 44, I don't feel like I could just drop dead, but I, it at least makes some level of sense, you know. And I, so then I, I gave up on the idea of doing any, any type of like public um, display of appreciation for Orlando. Because I just got, uh, it's one of those things, I'm sure everyone's dealt with it, where you can't really explain where it came about. Or even if there was, there was no like trail of thoughts that made me, it just hit me that I didn't want, I don't want my affection to be seen. I just want to make sure it's felt. And if I wasted any time or put any effort into making it be seen, that it might compromise my ability to have it be felt. And I started to get a bit scared about every passing day that went by and then I celebrated, I, I 
in October, I celebrated 20 years of sobriety and all these things started to happen and I started to get haywire. I started to feel an emptiness in inside me And it wasn't an emptiness as if I was vacuous, as if I was this, as if I was a, a shell of a man who was an automaton just kind of going through the motions. No, I was empty in my drive to become more, to become, to live out my dreams and to, to pursue things. Because I almost got a famine mentality about just life itself. As if it's slipping away. So I, 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 I can't take the time to dream up things that I want to do, whether they're realistic or pipe dreams. I can't pursue this hobby or this this thing that I've always wanted to develop, this skill I've wanted to develop. It all began because I was like, I just got to go be with my wife and my daughter. I got to go feed these animals and, and give them big hugs because like, what, what if I die? And I was having a pretty serious funk. Hey fellas, look, confidence in the bedroom is really important, and I understand it can be embarrassing to try to deal with that if you identify a problem. Well, Blue Chew is here to save the day. Blue Chew, it's a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable tablet, and it comes at a fraction of the cost. All right? You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And the process is super simple. Sign up at bluechew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part is you don't have to deal with the embarrassment of waiting in line at the pharmacy, going to the doctor's office, zero awkward conversations. It all comes right to your door, and you get to avoid all the stuff that I know you don't want to deal with. Listen, the bedroom, when it goes down, you want to be able to perform. I get it. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? So get yourself some Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Mikey. Receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. Gosh darn it, do we ever thank you, Blue Chew, for sponsoring this podcast. Remember to use that promo code Mikey at checkout. Oh boy, I'm going to tell you about a spoon. A magic spoon. Growing up, cereal, it was one of the best parts of being a child, right? getting a bowl of cereal, some ice-cold milk. Mmm, it made your whole day. Well, when we're all trying to eat better as adults, why not have the number one ace up your sleeve right in your pantry at all times? And that is Magic Spoon Cereal. It tastes as good, if not better, than all of your favorite childhood cereals. But you don't get any of the junk. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's just a bunch of regular old sugary cereal with a, some protein powder added in. Oh, no, 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 no. Zero grams of sugar, 13, 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving, and it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. Amazing 
flavors. I've tried every one, and they're all delicious. Peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, maple, waffle, fruity, cocoa. Oh, man. All of them are delicious. And they, like I said, they all taste as good as your favorite childhood cereals. So head on over to magicspoon.com slash Mikey. Grab a custom bundle of cereal. Try it today. Be sure to use the promo code Mikey at checkout. Save $5 off your entire order. Magic Spoon's so confident in this product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund all your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mikey and use the code Mikey to save $5 off. Thank you so much, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this here episode. I'm a pretty smiley, happy dude. So that even though, even amidst that, I could just go about my day and see these other, like, like I alluded to in the beginning of this conversation, these beautiful things that I had just had just fucking, someone was making it rain beautiful gifts on top of me. These animals, man, it, they just make, and, and watching and taking, taking these great Pyrenees puppies that were like these little cute fluff balls and growing them into these monster, you know, aggressive animals and, and feeding them and nurturing them so that they learn to protect these animals, but attack those animals and, and having them be so loving around humans and then seeing the, the chickens lay healthier and healthier and, and more and more eggs. And, you know, it just like becomes really beautiful. You know, and I just got wrapped up in it because I, I, somewhere in the back of the annals of my mind, I was thinking like, well, there, well what if there's no tomorrow? It doesn't matter. I, I don't need to go and work on my Spanish because it does, what who the fuck cares if, I, if, if it all goes away tomorrow? So just take these moments and go and read with your daughter. You know? And then my wife and I talked and I had this sit down with her And I realized that although it's a great idea to try to hoard the beauty of life on a moment-to-moment basis, it's really unfair for her, my wife, it's really unfair for my daughter, and it's really, frankly, unfair to me to not try to live my life to the fullest. To not try to develop myself in every way that I really want to develop myself. And not neglect all these beautiful moments, these, these admittedly really important things. But if I want to become fluent again in Spanish, I should, because it would mean a lot to me. And if I want to be a black belt, I should keep going and training hard so that I can be, because that would mean a lot to me. <clears throat> and it doesn't take away from 
having these other beautiful moments that I already talked about. And then if I want to be a big deal in the digital space, then I should start trying to do that. Instead of sitting back and just kind of feeling remiss that the, the industry that I did work really hard in and did develop a career for myself and had massive amounts of success. And no one gave it to me. Like that's the one, yeah, I, could, I could say, like I could look back and be like, you did a host love line, a bunch of mark, syndicated show all over the world, not only just this country, but it's three, three four countries, you know, hundreds of cities, three, three different countries. And Dr. Drew's there for 30 years and I gotta be a part of that legacy with Corolla. And uh, I don't have any friends or family in the radio. And I mean, I, I, that was, that, I, I did that. I did that. And so that industry goes away by all accounts. Because believe me, look, kids don't listen to the radio now. And they're not looking to the radio to hear funny, interesting things or to get the new hot music. They're just not. And on top of that, the people, the parent companies of, you know, there's like four companies that own all radio stations. They're making sure that you don't say anything potentially interesting or funny or clever or push that envelope. So I just look and I'm like, well, wow, I, that industry is kind of gone, you know? And I just sat back and I was like, oh, I'll do the podcast. Pass the time, little side income and shit. And I have my Patreon clients and, and I just, I've been making it go, but I've just been saying, I was like, you know, TV, something will happen. And, I, and the, rea- the reality is, it's like, it's not going to happen that way, especially not living in Texas. So I'm just going to really make a commitment to do those things for myself. Because it initially, is it selfish? Maybe to say like, well, I'm going to work really hard on this and, and I'm going to spend time to develop that for myself. Fine. Initially, maybe it's selfish because maybe it's my ego, but in turn, believe me, it makes me a better dad. It makes me a better husband and it makes me a better man overall because I have that ability to scratch that itch as opposed to living like the, the end is coming like a prepper for my personal uh, apocalypse. And that's where I, that's where I stood. Um, and I'm driving home from jujitsu today and I see that Ash Wednesday is in two days. Um, and, uh, even though I've fallen off of practicing with, with great consistency, I still would sacrifice something for Lent. I felt like it was really valuable, um, a really valuable kind of tool to show deference to something greater than you and say, I, I, do, I will challenge myself. 
to, to see how austere I can live. And it'll help me examine myself. So I said, what are the things, you know, and I didn't want to say like, oh, I'm going to give up candy because let's face it, I, I, don't, I eat fucking pretty healthy. It's, it's kind of a dick move for a guy like me to say like, oh, I'm giving up sweets. It's really not that hard for 40 years. So I got really into, well, what can I do that I've just been avoiding, even though I know it's where I need to go? And so that's how I developed the Mikey Likes You Relentless Challenge. Now, I don't encourage everybody to do it exactly like I'm doing. What I do encourage you to do is that even if you're not Catholic, you come along with me and maybe even see where it is that you, for the next 40 days, could challenge yourself to do something to see how much you can find out about yourself. So I will give you my protocol. And like I said, feel free if you want to copy me, you lemming, you, you copycat, fucker. But also, uh, feel free to open up your eyes and get back to what I was talking about at the very beginning of the show, hugging that cactus. And that is find the prickly, ugly parts of you and hug that. It'll be uncomfortable. It'll be really uncomfortable. It'll be very painful. But you got to hug it to then kind of set yourself free from those things. And so for me, there is never going to be a time where it's not like, as I'm not going to lift weights. This is, this is not going to happen. It's like brushing my teeth, right? So I am going to, for 40 days, every day, I'm going to work on my posture and my mobility. Because I know I should, and I never do because, I mean, I do, but not the way I should because I'm always, I was like, well, but I'll deadlift. It'll be okay. It'll work out. So I'm going to work on my posture. I'm going to work on my mobility every day. And I will, I will catalog it so that you can see how things end up. I'm going to give up artificial sweeteners. Now, for those of you who have familiar... <laughs> I just had a stroke. For those of you who are familiar with me at all, you know that I'm very open about the fact that I don't think artificial sweeteners are necessarily that bad. In fact, I'm desperate to see any science that shows that they're harmful in any way. Because they're really using any. But what it will do is if I, if I give it up and I really make a commitment to do it, which I will do during a 40-day and 40-night period of Lent, especially now that I've gone in the air with you, if I give it, that takes things off the table for me. It takes things off the table for me that were shortcuts. Because... Uh, I've had a lot of manual labor added to my life, being a farmer, which makes life busy. And it's compromised my sleep. Even when I try to be very good about my sleep etiquette. 
because I have to get up early no matter what time I fall asleep because animals wake up and they need food and they need shelter and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it pulls me in so many different directions that I find myself going to get the sugar-free energy drink instead of just either not having caffeine or making myself a cup of coffee, you know? So if I can't have the natural, the artificial sweeteners, I can't have the energy drinks, which means I'll have to reevaluate how I handle and manage my time. And because I'm busy, I know I should have some steak or some, some fatty fish or whatever, right? Or some eggs, but I'll be like, Ooh, God, I got to pick up my daughter in 15 minutes. Uh, and I'm out here in the goat shed. I'll just slam a protein shake. And I found myself doing that more and more. And I, even though I tell myself, I was like, go back, make yourself a meal, meal prep. And I'm leaning on it. So if I take off artificial sweeteners, it eradicates that all. So I have to explore some things. I'll have to analyze myself. I will have to analyze how I train when I'm going to make that commitment to improve my posture and my mobility in a 40-day span. If that means that I'm going to have to remove a little bit of weight training, it might mean that. But either way, I'm making that challenge. These are the things that I'm putting on myself. Um, so... Like I said, I encourage you to take advantage of this time of year, regardless of your religious feelings. Maybe you're, uh, you hail Satan. Fine. I don't judge. Maybe you hate the idea of religion altogether. Fine. I, I, in fact, I quite sincerely understand. But it's just an arbitrary 40 days and 40 nights. The fact that it has, ha, happens to be attached to Lent is something that I grew up doing. So let's just remove that aspect of it and come along for this, the relentless journey. And hug that internal cactus. Find those things inside of you. That you know are, are a bit prickly that you know are a bit ugly. And I'm not talking about moral things. I'm talking about just look at those habits inside of you and, and go and grab that and grab that proverbial cactus and hug it. And then see if you can't make a push to be a better person on the other end of that. I also think that by me doing the mobility and the... Uh, postural stuff it will give you a way to kind of catalog and follow along because most people need work in that arena most people we sit a lot now and we look at screens a lot now and it's just it's screwed up our our posture we walk and we move a lot less and that's that then on top of that, most of the people who are watching this are, you know, pumping iron and things. And we all get a little bit too hung up on, at least guys do, get a little bit too hung up on the mirror muscles and then uh, our posture suffers. So if you'd like, work on your mobility and your posture for the next 40 days. If not, find that thing inside of you that you know you should be doing and you're not, either out of laziness, out of fear, out of whatever it is, and, and use this opportunity to 
find out more about yourself. To find out what you can become. And don't underestimate how meaningful smaller things can be. I'm not asking you to learn a second language in 40. I'm not asking you to develop a relationship with your uh with your um you know your mother that you haven't talked to in seven years these can be things that just nag at you and you say no longer will i allow that to happen because that's just, it all was circumstance the way it happened to me and it organically came about that i was going to say i was going to use this this period of time, which is devoted to sacrifice and, and development and deference to things that are greater. I was going to use it as a jumping off point to kind of just hit the exhaust valve on all this chaos that was going on within me. All right. Thank you to all my sponsors. Thank you to anyone who thinks to listen and watch. Uh, thank you like a million times to all the patrons, every single one of you, love you. In this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, remember I do. Be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.